I'm a gentleman honey farmer. The only thing I've got back there are my bees. Beans? No, bees. Bees? Bees. Bees! Oh, bees! So 161 and it's me Gary P and of course the Prof Car Riley. It's coming home Gary. Three lines on the short Prof, I prefer three cans. Three cans on the short. Three yeah. cans on the short. Uh, yeah, our sponsors of course, the premier leader in electrical workers, Ocean Electrical. Um, for everything electrical, get on to them. Craig Matten, the supremo, the main man, look after you. And of course, Nestor Credit. For all those times when just it's not your day and you you have those unexpected annoyances in your life, it's Nestor Credit. They got your back. Of course, Manscaped. Manscaped. Uh, Tifties is the code. T-F-T-E-S. Get your ball shaver and your ball trimmer. And um, that is... Uh, Tifties, T-F-T-E-S, is our code to get 20% off. I feel like we're leaving the ladies out here. We're going to have to go, we'll have to go down to Ladiescapes. See if they can. Is there such a thing? Is there such a. I don't think we can even talk about that type of thing, can we? You really want to go down this road? <laughs> let's move on. Let's just say Milner was very happy with his prize. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Second, only used once, like we said. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a sweltering day again in Dublin. It is absolutely. A lot of red faces on the way down, actually. I just drove by Glen Malore, uh Rovers training, and there's a lot of red faces, so the guys are working hard to get into pre season. But yeah, Jesus, it's a swelter in Dublin today. So we're going to review the draw of the game, Prof. We've Winston meets Terry Palmer, the latest instalment of our Player of the Year series, and we look ahead to Dundalk in Tala this Friday. And also, we've an interview with Thanos, Michael. This is brilliant. This is a great episode. I didn't know his name was Thanos. Yeah. So uh, he's AKA Slovak Football on Twitter. So he's going to give us the lowdown on Slovak and a very, very knowledgeable man. And a cracking interview, so we're looking forward to that. We last week's show prof with Paddy Deli Hunty, Della Hunty tribute, and uh, yeah, it was a couple of uh, there weren't wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah, some really touching stories and a lot of funny stories too. Champion uh, nappy thrower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so really, really, uh, we're to keep an eye out. We're gonna we have the we're gonna have another one coming, and uh, yeah, so that was a great tribute to uh, a fallen hoop. So. Uh, an anonymous individual was asked for his best memory of Paddy and he said this has to be the trip to Paris in 20, uh, 2004 Paddy made his way to France via Belgium sampling the finest beer en route joins us for four nights and proceeds to drink his elder colleagues under the table and he was still forced up every morning we were next we were in our late 20s and I think it was the first time I began to think getting old for such antics thanks for that Paddy so uh, notorious notorious Paddy uh, also some feedback from Jim Conroy who and I was listening straight away now I get this text like bang on Thursday morning 
setting the alarm for us prof <laughs> I know and he goes he goes Carl Jesus enjoyed that Gar was in real agony there talking about you picking your he team he loves this <laughs> it's getting tougher it's going to be even worse this week this week is a tough one he says he hope you had a good lie down after someone's just sending him a bag of someone's just sent him a bag of paracetamol instead of a bag of cans Jesus the cans were down the tree lads once again we're open to people sending us cans thank uh, you very much and he always does this doesn't he he just throws me a random stat as well he goes before the balls game he counted 15 Dublin derbies undefeated he was supposed to count all Dublin teams 15 undefeated in league and FAI Cup no goals conceded in the first 12 Colester did beat us in the Leinster Senior Cup though keep on hooping Jim no give me a lip to Colester ah there's no milching in the give Colester a lip, give us a lip to Colester I can't so uh, did you get a lip to Colester <laughs> Do you see he's back? Dirty he's Michael. back. He's back and he's hairier than ever. I'll have to get him on the show. Uh, so we'll start with our Player of the Year series, Prof. And it's 1990-2000 award winner Terry Palmer for his second time on the show. And um, he's nearly on the golden the golden cans, the golden bag of cans. But uh, I don't think he's ever met anyone like Winston, Prof. So here we go. Hello folks, Winston here again here with Tales in the East and, and today I'm delighted to be joined by uh, by, by none other than, than uh, one of Robert's best defenders uh, over, over the last few decades and, and still a very popular fellow with, with, with the supporters. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's Terry Palmer. Terry, welcome along. Thank you, thank you. Delighted to be, to be on. Lovely. Right, now listen, uh, I suppose we'll mostly be talking about the 99 uh, 2000s season uh, that, that, okay. that, that, in this interview, and that, that's the one you won Player of the Year. Uh, that was our second season at the club, uh, and we just moved from, from, from Tonka to, to Santry. Okay, yeah. You have, you have a better memory than me, but yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. <laughs> I, I can't remember yesterday. This, this is <laughs> But um, yeah, would you, well, look, now, when we ask any, any of the players or the fans, right, they nearly all say the same thing. But that Martin Stadium was Catmologian, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and with, all, with the acrobatic strike around and, and, and the football and all that, how, how did you find that? Yeah, yeah, it was difficult. It was a t- tight little bumpy pitch, as uh, Richardson called it. It was like an upturned uh, egg carton on a postage stamp or something. So it was... You know, it was difficult, and the way we wanted to play didn't didn't suit. Now, as a defender, it didn't mind too much because it was a it was a light, lot tighter, so not as much running as you. Like I look at Tala now, I never got to play in Tala, Tala but I look at now and there's wide open spaces wide, there. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, now the other thing on it was Santry was I, I I'm from Rainey, living in Port Marnock now, so Santry was was convenient and. It, we used to go into Swiss Cottage afterwards, so it wasn't all bad. It was, oh, but, uh, really? yeah, the, the pitch itself and the way the, the way the fans were far away, like they they didn't have the influence on on matches that they would have had to say in Talca Park. Like well, you're right on top of the mountain. Right top, yeah, and yeah. It, it, definitely, definitely there was they they, they they couldn't influence things as much, uh, and the ball was able to play all the time, and yeah, it was it's when you when you were trying to chase a game. It was it was very difficult to get any momentum because the others only you know, had to kick the ball and there'd be someone chasing it down the, the running track or chasing it 
wherever it would go into into behind something. That, so it, uh, yeah, that that bit that bit wasn't great. Derek Tracy told us, Roy, that you'd be trying to win the ball of the touch line, and you'd end up with a long jump. I mean, that's like, yeah, 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 nonsense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a bit of that, all right, yeah. yeah. How did you um, fare out? Say again, sorry? How did you fare out? Did you break any records or that? No. <laughs> well, it was the long jump, or the high jump was my one, yeah. The high jump, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. uh, I've always called your father Mr. Mr. Palmer out respect, right? I, I, I always say, Mr. Palmer, good to, you know, got to be good to him. But, 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 but what did he have to say about Santry watching you out there? Did, did he give out? Again, similar to, similar to everyone else and the fans. Like he, he, he was away in the far terrace or he, he was probably getting getting on a bit so he'd probably have to come into the and sit in the stand just to, just to rest the legs. Uh, but it, yeah, it was the same. It, was, it wasn't a football stadium. Um, yeah. So it, it, it was what it was. Like it, like we were, we had no real option. We were, we had played everyone everywhere else. Uh, or, or those we hadn't played, we would subsequently went and played them. So it, uh, it, it was a means to an end. And at that stage, like Tallow was being built, so we were, we were going to be in shortly. Now, obviously, that didn't that didn't happen. So, well, famous last words, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was out with my dad at the the turn of the side out in Tallow, then whatever oh, year that was, and. Yeah, it was only going to be a year or two, eighteen months, and uh, yeah, he he uh, he never got to see it, like many people. Uh, uh, but I, I'm sure, like the rest of them, they're all, they're all looking down now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah very much I, so. I, I, I like what yeah. they see. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd say, I'd say he's he's well pleased now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned him earlier on, but like uh, other big names in the club was of course the departure of Mick Bourne. And then Damien Richardson come in, Rico, right? Uh, now, I think uh, he must have been hit by, by a, 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 a thesaurus as a child. Because, because you, you, yeah, 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 look yeah. at his, his programme notes. It'd be, it'd be like reading U- Ulysses or, or James yeah, Jones yeah, yeah. or Mark Twain yeah. or, or, or something. So, well, so what I'd like to do, Terry, uh, if you'll indulge me, uh, I just want to play a little quick game with you, right? Okay. And, uh, it's called Rico or Twain. Right, Mark. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, so I, I read you out a quote, and you tell me if you think it was Rico, or if it was actually a quote from from from, from okay, Mark Twain. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, so the Nile is just a river in Egypt. Now, the boat would have said, "I'm going to say Rico." Ah, it was actually Mark Twain, but I can never that answer. Right. So you won't lose any face. Uh, it's always the same. Sometimes. No, we go. Yeah, point. Yeah, I remember that one. Always the same. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I remember, remember okay. that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes two to tango, but for the tango to show its exhilaration, you need two people performing it. Rico. Yeah, I think he spent too many nights in Annabelle's, did he? Yeah. Can you imagine done. being in a dressing room and and listening to that uh, and? Some of the lads you'd look over, and the the glazed look would go over their over their faces. Bermuda's this fella, like they they lost him from the first first sentence, but he he liked his own the sound of his own voice, so he kept at it. <laughs> right, uh, here's one: if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. 
And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. Oh, that's twain. Very good. Yeah. Although you, 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 you do have to, to, to second guess. When you, when yeah, listening. yeah, yeah, because he could easily have said something like that, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and this is the last one here, uh, uh, Terry. Uh, it, it goes, If the remnants of my classical education at the sometimes not so tender hands of the Christian brothers of Donar Avenue and Drimna Castle serve me correctly, it was that Gre Greek playmaker of old, Eupicrates, who stated that the misfortune of the wise is better than the prosperity of the fool. Rico. Oh, I think there's only one answer there, isn't there, yeah, Rico? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a mouthful. That, 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 that's like a dissertation that they did <laughs> in, 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 the, in the college. I tell you, like, he, he must have spent all week with it, as you said, with the thesaurus, looking up, looking up words, trying to, trying to confuse everyone, but it worked, so. Well, it certainly yeah. confused me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> ah, well, look, that was a bit of scare, you know. I, I, I mean, don't mean any uh, any harm, you know. Ah, no, just, no, just, he's just, just he's, a bit of scare. He'd say the same thing. Well, he'd probably say it more eloquently than we have. Of course, <laughs> now, but, but, than both of us, yeah, but, possibly but, so. Yeah. yeah. No, um, uh, have you any memories of the nineteen ninety nine pre-season friendlies? Yeah, we we, we had uh, say Johnston um, in Newbridge. Uh, which was Shane Robinson's debut at the age of 17, I believe. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, then there was the Bocca Juniors U team. So I suppose that's the Bocca Juniors Juniors. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then a trip to, to Neenan Park in Cardiff, where we won't mention the score. Yeah, well, that's the one I do remember because we, so they were, they were, they were going up the championship. I think they just gotten promoted, and they'd been back in pre-season, whatever they'd been, five or six weeks. And we we might have done we might have done a week or two, but it was the warmest day of the year. It was hundred degrees, and those lads were flying. And we were we were blown after ten minutes. It really was. It was it was hard work, and I remember the full back getting the ball, it just just beyond his own. Uh, corner flag and um, myself I don't know who I was playing with as a back but we, we said okay we got a breeder here we try and box him in he got the ball and he threw it over all our heads sent it forward ran in scored another goal and we're left looking at each other going this is going to be a long day and it was a long day it was a great night though <laughs> oh, I can imagine I can imagine <laughs> we obviously we, we got well beaten and uh, well nobody was happy obviously we got well beaten but it was a uh, there was because it was it was part of it was the bonding uh, that we because there like was that. some new players in. I like that. And send, had to send send a, a few lads of the senior pros to have a little chat, and we so the the bonding worked. I, I leave it at that. The football like mightn't that. have worked. The bonding worked. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Did you? I didn't know, but Willie Caballero played in golf for pocket that night in Tonga Park. I didn't know that. Only in Liberty was. Darrow had the better of them. Two goals. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember much about that now. I do remember playing them all right. It's, yeah. But I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. There you are now. Full of the old facts. Right, now, shall look. 
Rovers finished fifth that season, uh, missing out on the Intertoto place, cup place, but, but, but just by one point behind you, 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 UCD. Now, how do you feel the, the, the hoops performed? And were you happy with your own progression as a, as a player? Yeah, well, obviously, the Rovers, going to Rovers, you're expecting to be to be winning things or at least challenging to win things. So that, that bit was disappointing. The fact that we new manager came in and was being in his own style, which which did take a while. Yeah, so of course. That bit, that bit wasn't surprising, and he brought in some of his own players. Um, but my yeah, obviously I, I, I won Player of the Year, so I didn't have a didn't have a bad year. So it was the first year I really cemented my my place in the, in in the side. I uh, the first year had been yes yeah, tr- tricky settling in. Um, I played a midfield for a while in the in the first year, and whatever I am, I'm not a centre midfielder. Uh, right. Uh, so it was a uh, yeah. No, it was it was. Personally, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a bad season, but yeah, again, you you want to uh, you want to be up there challenging, um, which we did a f- few times while we, while I was there. But it was the likes of that Morton Stadium and moving from here to there and training like that was another huge issue. Like we were training the side of roads. We were there was nothing. You, you look at the professional setup now and compared it to compared it to us, you like you see better. Yeah. You'd see better up in the Phoenix Park with, with the, the well, setup that we had uh, at times, but that was the way it was. It just that's unfortunately that's that's uh, that's the way it was. That's the way we it was. But, but, but the dedication was there still, but oh yeah, well everyone was like that was it was it was dream of mine to play for Rovers. So we were playing mm. for Rovers. So there was there was, that wasn't lacking, uh, and everyone else was the same. Like they didn't want to. Like, like you, you spoke to Derek. Derek, if Derek had offers to go elsewhere, and I could have after subsequently gone elsewhere, but no, that you again with Tala being built, it was it was it was there. We were we weren't far off it. Was uh, it pushing distance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just it, obviously we all know what went on, and it dragged on for so long, and there was some problems on and off the park there, which which. Unfortunately, it just uh, yeah, it was just the time we were we were at it. Ten, fifteen years later, and we would have been there, uh, yeah, walking out on Tal every week in front of well, not at the moment, but in front of a big crowd uh, on a perfect pitch and training up in Roadstone with the great facilities. And even I was I I was up watching um, Portmarnock under twelves were playing Rovers under twelves team there just 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 this evening and just like Rovers it the underage setup is is spectacular. Ah, uh, second to none. Yeah, but some some of the players and some of the play I saw them at the week the weekend at the under the, the year below at the weekend just happened to be uh, it's uh, yeah there's 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 a strong future there. It's um, great, isn't it? It's great to yeah, see it's it. great. Oh. Up and, and being nurtured, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I used to be a bit of managing myself, so I know a thing or two about a thing or two, you know? <laughs> and and, and like, yeah. you're up there, you see some of the lads, and you love them, and, 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 and silky smooth football, and great touches, mm. you know? Um, oh, yeah, and they're, they're all trying to play the right way, and do, do things the right way. Like, even, I was listening to some of the coaches and it's it's all it's it's the right thing. They're they're getting a proper schooling in, in football. Um and even there they're deceived and Aaron Green was there, he was one of them. And 
Robbie Keane was there, but I think his young lad might have been playing. I don't know if he was actually coaching. Uh, but the, the lads are getting they're, they're, they're getting a proper proper ground and foundation. So, yeah, the future, the future is bright. Speaking of good players, uh, yourself, when you, when, you, when you won the Player of the Year, uh, what, 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 what do you remember most about, about the ceremony? Uh, 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 where was it held and were you surprised to win the award? Yes, I was surprised. What do I remember most? I was actually the the lad sent me the text of the weekend. No. Sorry, not the night afterwards. No, <laughs> the, 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 the ceremony itself. I don't remember much. I tell you, my my memory would be great things like that. But I was talking to my mother at the weekend because the the text came in and uh, I was talking to her. She would remember it. Maybe if I put you on to her, she she would tell you what what, well, what, we, what do we, we do. We do interview Mrs. Palmer gladly. Because I, I, I was going, do you remember whatever year it was? And uh, she, she was there. And so I headed off. And next thing I get a text that she's found a trophy. And she, she said, said, yeah, so it would be up in the attic. Or it's up in my old room is, is where it was. But uh, now she, she would, and obviously my dad would have been delighted. Uh, would have been a big thing for him. Uh, uh, but like... When you're playing these things, yeah, yeah. I keep I say I coach kids now; they're much younger. But it's it's over so quick. You don't really get to appreciate it when you're when you're when you're there. You don't take the time to appreciate it. And it's um, yeah, it's only when you're gone. Like I've stopped it playing. What age am I now? Fifteen years. Uh, but if you look right, I What's that? You look great for 15. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we don't know what's going on here, but yeah, the rest is all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if yeah, if you have... The, yeah, you, you need to... like that's, I would say that to the, the lads now that they're obviously successful winning the league and winning the cup before, but it's the... Appreciate it properly. Like, you, you don't know what's going to happen in football and what... Like, as I said, it's time for Rovers, the turning of the sod uh, in Tala, it was only going to be months away and sure we never got to see it at all uh, there's Derek Tracy never played a home game really uh, many years was he there 15, 16 years um, that's gas uh, 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 we were talking like Derek lives near me so I was talking to him recently and we were, we were talking about all the home grounds we played in uh, and Jesus the, the, the list the list went on from obviously all the Dublin ones but even down to down to Cork uh the home match against Cork, whatever year that was, and out in Bray and out in UCD, every every ground. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just different times. So you just, uh, it's, uh, no, even though, no regrets. You like to won things, but we got, uh, you got to put on the green and white jersey. Not many can say that. So That's you, it. Have to, you have to uh, appreciate it. That's a, it's a privilege to know to many. Isn't it really? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been told here to ask: uh, did, did you did you hear who Rovers got in the Champions League draw the other day? Uh, the Slobodan Navratilova, right? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Slovan Bratislava, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, now that might bring back uh, memories of, of, of your own European adventure, uh, two thousand and two in the Swedens, uh, and you were there on the uh, uh, the bench for your gardens. Uh, or, or their gardens, or put the, this, this, this <laughs> Swedish team. But anyway, the, the yeah, 2003 Intertoto Cup, 
You played all four of them games against other coleslaw and slow down lead to bricks. There wasn't a good time in, in Poland and the Slovakia. That must have been great. Yeah, the Poland one in particular was was uh, yeah was 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 very good because we were we won at home. I think we were first. So certainly first of all we're saying we could first Irish team to win home and away in 20 odd years uh, so the, the trip to Poland was good we came back we beat them here at home as well and then out to yeah Slovan Slovan Liberec um, yeah it was just probably a step a step t- too far we uh, I think we'd done our celebrating the week before so it was just the legs were the legs were, were gone a bit but yeah no, some some great European trips um, yes 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 was there much bonding going, going on? Well, certainly the first, the, that Poland uh, yeah. in, in Odra, and the, the fans joined us in the, in the hotel afterwards, so there was a bit of bonding, yes. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what you need. That's what you need. Yeah. yeah. Now, come here, we don't normally do uh, a, a mailbag uh, section uh, here. <laughs> okay. But, but we have one here. It's from a lovely fella. I'll just share the screen so I, I, I can show you him. Mark yeah. Turner, you're a lovely fella. Look at yeah. him. But, but I wouldn't melt. He, he says, uh, um, proud, Rob, uh, proud Rovers member here. Ask Terry, does he remember all the kids that used to come in and wreck his head every day when he walked in the bank in the Northside Shopping Centre? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember all of those lads, yeah. Well, Mark, yeah. Is, probably, uh, Mark is probably one of them. Was he one of them? Yeah, there was a there was a good few of them. Uh, they were Bobby Bobby Best's uh, lads. So Bobby Bobby worked uh, obviously had the the photo place, and he brought the the ball boys to uh, to Morton Stadium. So they all came. I don't know how many of them there was. Uh, the lads used to come in, which didn't bother me. It was a it was a distraction from not working yet. Right. Uh, so, so so these days your operator operations director, I beg your pardon. Uh, of, of, of ocean finance. Now, that's not a division of ocean electrical. Sure, it's not. That's no, 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 no. They sell lamps and stuff, I think. As far as I know, I'm not too sure. Now, now ocean finance. Uh, you, you've worked in the financial sector for nearly 20 years. Uh, now, that, that's, that's almost as long as I'm following Rovers. Uh, now, with the, with, the, with the lack of security in the League of Ireland, do you, do you always know... Uh, or did you always know that you, you, you'd need something to fall back on you know uh, just as things were, were getting to the, the time you'd hang up your boots I, I knew it I knew it from, from well before then um, I was involved in the PFAI still am still am to a degree so like I, I, I would see what what was coming across the desk a lot of a lot of clubs like around that time we were competing against shelves full time and bowls full time and even pats were thrown. So there was money being thrown around. But I remember talking to the lads and they'd been offered whatever it was, X amount. And I said, well, that's well and good. You'll get that for the first four weeks or six weeks. But if you're not winning games, you won't get it after that. Um, because it was done. It was it was on the back of a back of 20 major was your contract. You know, there was nothing. There was no security. So, no, I was like, football-wise, I wasn't one of these... Uh, Wonder kids, you know, that was a twelve-year-old uh, destined for the for for something big. I developed late, so I was I was unlikely to go to go to England to make proper money. So I had to I had to look at other avenues. So yeah, the financial 
sector was one I went into and I set up my own business then, whatever that was, 20 odd years ago. Um, Good. I'm still at it for my sins. Well, I'll tell you, poor man, like you're doing all right. You know, something's <laughs> going well for you. I've heard a rumour uh, that, that Roddy Collins lost all of his savings in a pyramid scheme. Uh, now, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but that's just <laughs> on, on, on the grapevine. But uh, look, uh, look, I, I, I said, no better fella to what happened there, huh? You said it, you said it. We, we, we won't get it. We won't no, get into no. Roddy. That's, a, that's, that's another podcast discussing Roddy and his, his time at Rovers. There's, there's, there's not enough internet in the world for, for, yeah, for, for, for yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. This is my last question, Terry. And it, it's no a better. share screen again, right? And um, I just, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I, I browse the tabloids. Nothing, nothing, you know, just, uh, just to, it's like to veg out, you know? I, I wouldn't be a guardian reader now or any of that kind of, I'm not really <laughs> you know? But, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I came across something extremely interesting. And, 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 and uh, I, I, I just shared it with you there. There, this first one. I found this very strange. It, it says, dating sites in Dunleary might leave you in surprise. Now, I'm a happily married man, so I, I, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I, I, and I don't watch the Friends, neither. But the right. next one, I have to say, I fell for this, Terry. I fell for it. The, the incredible 30 euro Japan, Japan knife is taken double by storm. Jays, it's great. That's fantastic knife. Uh, there's a picture of Parsons there before he manscapes himself. I'm not a big fan of Kenny. I didn't even know what a Kenny Clarkson was. But, but lo and behold, look, look what's underneath it. Oh, I see what you're looking at now. Yeah, you're yeah, always yeah. like sell your mortgage protection or life insurance. And I said, look, lo and behold, there he is, the bell himself. Huh? Good looking lad, all right, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, but there you are. Do you ever get recognised for that now? As much as probably as much oh, as I do, I do, I do. i tell you a story on that one. So uh, that's mortgage protection. I don't, I don't do it. I don't do anything about it. But... We, we, we had a good looking blonde and we were advertising and we were getting certain stuff in and for some reason we, we, we had a photo shoot and there was a few photos taken and my one went in and for some reason my stupid face seemed to work. I must have a honest looking face or something. I don't know what it is. I'm uh, right, trust you. But I prefer the, the, the good looking blonde, uh, <laughs> the truth be told. Uh, but yeah, those, they appear on... They appear on the bo- bottom of dodgy websites, so I'd be careful when you see when you well, see I, me I, showing up. I, 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 I must say that was sent to me by someone who frequents those dodgy websites. Oh, so yeah, I wouldn't no, be on no, myself. No. I could probably guess who it was. Yeah, I'm not very technologically savvy, you know. No, um, right. But uh, but on that, I have a few quid. We'll talk off air about hedge funds and Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, Great. That's great. Uh, I, I do believe as well that um, uh, Ronan Finn wants to start a fish farm. Oh, so, yeah. so, so, so if you're looking for investment opportunities, uh, <laughs> Pico's going to go down the, the, the road of a restaurant, I believe. You're coping and all that. Oh, so I saw, oh. saw some, of his, yeah, some of his videos. I tell you, he, he, his face will be on the bottle of, 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 of a bottle of sauce in Tesco's soon. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I you imagine. can see it. You can see it, yeah. I have to say, uh, it was a great interview. I loved that. And uh, well, I, I, you're happy with it yourself. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, no. uh, terrific, terrific. Um, Fair play, Jim. I, I, I put you, and it, this is this is uh, speaking very highly. Uh, I, I put you in the top three Terry's that I've ever met. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Terry uh, Everson, uh, Terry Wogan, and, Terry um, Wogan. 
And I'm first fond of a Terry's chocolate orange, so you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in there. That's I won't say which one it is. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but uh, it's, it's definitely top three. But listen, um, uh, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. No, and, uh, it's, it's a genuine pleasure to, 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 to meet you, even if it was virtually. Uh, but, yeah. um, but nonetheless, uh, thanks very much. And I hope you had a good time. Is there anything you'd like to say to anybody? Or, or? Ah, no, 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 I appreciate it. No, it was, I enjoyed it. It was Great a, stuff. We'll see you out in Tallis soon, hopefully. Hopefully. We, 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 we share the point in, in the old suite, huh? Yes, yes. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, yeah. Back to, we'll, back to, we'll talk more uh, about, um, you know, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Envelopes, brown envelopes, that's the, yeah. That's well, how I was thinking yeah. of going white, because everybody suspects that they're brown. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, whatever you, whatever you want yourself, yeah. Great. Be, the checks are rubber anyway, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> Listen, Teddy, it's been a pleasure. All right. God Good bless luck. you. Cheers. Look after yourself. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. So quite a philosophical interview there, Prof. A bit of Mark Twain as well. Yep. Hard to tell, isn't it, between some of those quotes? Could, me- could have been either Rico or Twain. The, yeah, I know. Rico brilliant, doesn't he? Jesus. But um, yeah, our, our good pal Mark Turner had a, a starring role in that interview. Uh, by the way, Paul McGrath met him for the first time. Did you know that? Isn't that nuts? Um, I just assumed that everyone in the group has met each other already. I know, yeah, it's not it's not exactly the way it is. A couple of, a couple of extra bogeys. There could be another Northside edition going in soon. Mm. The bogeys uh, are going to expand. But we drew one all at home to drop with a prof Friday. We are back on the terraces again. And we had Greener again staying at left wing back. And we'd Grace out and we'd Finn ahead of McCann. So Dylan Watts made the bench. So it was, uh, I think, once again, Brad's are listening to the show, you know. Likes, likes our analysis. Listens to the... Did you the, pick green or left wing back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All day. Should, so, I, should I replay it and prove you wrong? Oh, it'd, be, it'd be nice if you did that, yeah. It'd be <laughs> nice. LMFM Radio tweeted that they've been denied permission to broadcast the game in Tala. It's because they asked for a fee. And... Um, Considering that there's a stream there already, and we have our own audio, mm. listen, that's that's just the way things are. We we're not in a position to pay a radio station to come in to Tallah Stadium when we do have our own audio. Well, um, we're protecting our investment in SRC TV. Exactly, and all clubs have to pay for their own streams. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, totally with you on that one, prof. And so that's a cleared up anyway. That's in case anyone thinks that there's any bitterness mm. or there's any pettiness about it. That's not how it is. They're a commercial radio station. They earn money through advertising. So I don't think this has been done before, actually. So it just happens to be Rovers who are kind of being the first to say, let's not sell ourselves short anymore. Mm-hmm. That was it. So we uh, Barry Kavanagh was the Rovers described audio host as well. So people got the radio. And that's just as good. It's even if mm. better. It's brilliant. And no loud accent, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I heard you singing in the cell stand. Uh, where's your radio? Yeah, <laughs> video killed the radio star. <laughs> uh, good, Craig. <laughs> but in the lead up, prof, we were down in the four provs, and it got uh, it was it was a it was a eventful day. Jesus, it was, I think there could have been 40 of us at one stage. We were taking all the car park spaces, bringing out tables, and mm-hmm. uh, they really looked after us, top lads. And the debate is on over puddle. The rings and boys don't like the puddle. I'm a fan. I love it. Oh, they were shitting on the puddle. They were shitting all over the puddle. But don't listen to them. Absolute philistines. Mm. But there was a 
gang of us. There was the ultras, there was the tifties, bogies, there was all sorts. There was teachers everywhere. It was like a, it was like it was a mental spot, wasn't it? It was rammed at one stage. But it was great, and uh, the staff looked after us. They looked after everybody. Looked after each other. It was brilliant. Great day out in the provinces, and then on. Yeah, it was great to see everybody there, wasn't it? Yourself, James Lowe, Carl Kearns, uh, Jay Thomas, Turner, Mooner, Fikra, Neil, Barry, Stafford. Say the line, Prof. Stafford's cousin. Oh, poor fella is ah. never gonna shake it. <laughs> Especially never. now that he's drawn attention to it. Never gonna shake it. And uh, I even had my missus saying, I said, that's Staff's cousin. She's like, what's his name? She's not Staff's cousin. What's his name? She's like, I'm not calling him that. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> yeah, no, the four probs delighted with our custom gear, but I hope they believe you next time that we're coming because they didn't put out those tabs in jail. I don't until, think they did. Until we got there. I don't think they did. I said, listen, mm. book it for 20, book 40 turned up. Mm. And I, I think he just it took him by surprise, you know? Because there's been so many cancellations with in the hospitality sector, so yeah, no, I was delighted. We must have spent the fortune, like great crack. Barry arrived in a, a lovely button-down shirt, and staff proceeded to bury this man in a matter of seconds. What? Do you know what? It he, was amazing. To I watch. think he only made his communion, so <laughs> he's coming. Barry was coming straight from his communion, and he looked lovely. It got zipped up sharpish after that. Ah, he's off. Oh, uh, you, I tell you what, you need thick skin. Need takes game when you're in the rovers in the boozer with rovers. Some of the lads are just mowing bags, aren't they? Just giving out about the far problems, about the puddle, about everything. Just never happy, prof. Just never happy. You know they're I mean? just not happy. Like the pubs are open, they're sitting there drinking points, they're giving out, you know. The the Kimish Devoid <coughs> came up. It certainly did. Now it nearly kicked off. It nearly kicked off. Kimmage is in the real mm. place. I'll tell you who was happy though, Gary. There was a little dog uh behind us. And this dog was loving life this dog yeah. was chewing on a chair yeah for I swear to god it must have been 40 minutes straight having a ball chewing on that chair and it's dog <laughs> friendly as well it's Gwailgar you can speak Irish you can drink with your dog speak Irish drinking with your dog it's great but yeah no big shout out to the four props and like we said keep an eye up for collaboration coming soon I know I said I hated the chairs but I don't want them eating either you know <laughs> yeah you got your wish you got your wish so yeah, we we departed prof and we headed up to Tata Stadium and as usual, everything was perfect, and we got in and finally we were all back. I was in the East Stand, you were in doing media duties, but it was uh, it was nice to be back in the East Stand. I I think I realised that that view is pretty much I I do love the side on view, the regular view, mm. but it was great. And uh, hence the name of the show. We love that view from the from the middle of the pitch. Exactly, yeah. So we uh, early stages of the game. I thought we were very good. I thought we came out of blocks. And um, we wanted to play. This is overall. This is a better performance, in my opinion, uh, over the last couple of games where we've been poor. Like we have, we've had, we have tried to up it. You know what I mean? Well, tempo is the word that a lot of people use about our games now, and it was an improvement anyway. This first half, our performance seemed to be up a little level. So uh, I was pretty happy the first half, and then although they actually had a good chance after about ten minutes, they had a chance from a header. Uh, uh, Adayamo oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Adayamo yeah didn't connect properly though from the free kick and uh, then we got the penalty well it was happy enough I mean was it a penalty I don't think so I think it was I don't think either of them were penalties no so I think the ref might have got it wrong on that one but it was put away by Borky so that's four of Borky's seven goals this season that have come from the penalty spot and yeah. one from the half line. And we had Jason Maloney absolutely coursing the referee because the penalty was given, I think it was in the 17th, between the 17th and 18th minute, which would have made the 18th minute 
the winner. Yeah. So it got delayed into the next. So Gareth Brennan won the golden goal. So it was delayed. The ref delayed it that much. He lost Maloney a couple of hundred quid. That's that's the closest I've ever come. I, I got I had the seventeenth minute. It was very close. I'm yeah. normally miles away from this golden goal. But yeah, yeah, we've, we've big one this week as well. Might as well say it now our golden goal. We've assigned a pair of signed Richie Tell boots to go at a spot prize for our golden goal. So if you're interested, get in touch on Instagram and you can join in. It's always about two hundred quid for the winner, and I have a pair of Richie Tell boots as well. So um, thirty minute profit, Pico. But that's not over from a good free kick routine. And this isn't exactly who you want to be getting on the end with of a free kick as regards to like, um, well, his head maybe. But yeah, it was not, head. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But once it was over the bar. After that, we had um, 38 minute. Gaffney played in uh, Sean Gannon really well, but outside the foot, this was a beautiful pass. But then it kind of just ricocheted off Gannon and the defender went over. But uh, you never felt safe at 1 0, did you? You never do. You never do. And they're not a bad team either. I mean, they've got some threats there. They've Doyle, they've uh, Lyons. Young Marky came. He, he was brilliant in the second half. He won the penalty. Yeah, yeah, he really started. Uh, he really got them ticking over. So, um, no, I think a first half is probably the best we've played in a while. I think. Like, I like. Man, like, I think my problem is Mandrew and Bork get the ball. They like to hover near each other. They like to play with each other, but we're not getting enough legs and bodies into the box mm. after they do their thing. It's just Gaffney, and there's no on-rushing midfielder like Mac used to do. So I'm hoping Tell could be that extra bit of penetration in the box. Even it, in general, not just the opposition box, just in midfield, when the ball breaks, our players never seem to be there, yeah. close to it, ready to scoop it up. I know, it's, it's it's frustrating at times, but it was great to see Finn back as well, and Finn was uh, Finn was brilliant for me, I think his press was really missed, and I, uh, I, I, had a, I, I had a ball watching Finn, great to see mm. him back. Probably man of the match, Finner, I mean, he draw was on, although Aaron Green had a very good game. Green was great, Green was great, I thought he was From brilliant. out of position, basically, I know he played there for Sligo many years ago, Um. I think he played a few games for us in 2012, but the less said, but that's the better. <laughs> yeah, so, so half-time prof. And uh, we went in a little bit cagey. We probably had a couple of chances to, to go go two or three up, but um, we went in at half-time 1-0 with a Jason Caldwell interview on the stream as well. Yeah, he told the story of the famous goat getting slaughtered in Turkey. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Brilliant, brilliant uh Brilliant story. So 64 minute prof. No, sorry, we're going to. So we came in half time. We came back out and no changes. And Drada were up for it. Drada came out fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, where where were our midfielders this first day, 15 minutes of the second half? Because they went missing. There was no. They had all the play. Marky was running amok in the middle. He was he was really good. And they, especially from the angle that I was sitting at. They looked totally dominant in the midfield for that first fifteen minutes, and Young Marky was just getting everything on the ball. And then eventually, we we paid the the price, mm. and Borky gave away the foul. Was it a foul? It didn't look like it to me from where I was. This looked like your classic referee evening things up. It was McLaughlin, their old friend. He just he was very fast to point to the spot here, and I thought there was hardly any contact. Mm. So I was very frustrated with that. But so um, Chris Lyons put it away. Chris Lyons put it away. Yeah, he's creeping his way into their top scorer list. But um, yeah, no, they and they could have nicked it at the end. But then we we rallied for twenty minutes, bro. I felt that uh, we were getting. I I thought that we were they were giving the ball out to Gannon so much, and it was get, we were getting crowded out. 
they, they were overcrowding us with Gannon, but whenever the ball went to Greener, we were getting joy over. Greener was whipping yeah. balls in, he was taking players on, getting corners. Every time he had the ball, we, something productive seemed to have happened. This seems to happen a lot <coughs> at home games this season. You tend to be shooting into the sales stand, even even behind closed doors, like all season at home. Shooting into the sales stand second half, and we over-rely on Gannon, and we're over-relying on the link of play between Gannon and Burke, which quite often breaks down. Yeah, and it's overcrowded because they know, and they've sussed us out. It reminds mm. me of when we used to just play through Madden constantly. And like you say, when we went through Greener, we uh, he put in a couple of decent balls. I think it was it was very productive whenever we got Greener on the ball. And once again, the lack of legs getting into the box. Like he was, I think we had a couple, but the chances that we had, Mandrew, once again, oh, he was good for me. There's divided opinions on Mandrew. I thought he was very good in this game. I think I think Mandrew is our danger every time. And Bork as well. I know he was having a, a chat with another fella that goes to games. And he thinks that Mandrew and Bork are the, are the problems. He thinks they are the main problems in this team. He thinks they both should be dropped. I think, geez, that's that's a crazy thing to say. But he could have a point in a set. Like, I mean, Bork, Bork does everything outside the box. And he possibly slows the play down when he does try everything that he does try. But it's it's I don't know I don't think you can drop players like that I think there's always a bit of magic there for them. You could rotate between uh, Burke, Mandrayu, and Watts once Watts comes back from injury. Um, do you think you could play the three of them at the same time? I know he did the start of the season. You'd be left open in the middle, which we already yeah. are. So I hope he doesn't. But uh, I, well, I don't now the tell is coming in. I can't see those three starting every game. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough team to call now, starting at 11 and predictions. But we did rally for 20 minutes and build me up Buttercup Prof. It was, uh, the rendition was going for a good chunk of the second half. Polly McGrath ooh, ah, said this on Facebook. He said, after 15, 20 years, build me up Buttercup is still our best song and that one represents the club better than the rest. The re- this reminded me of the 20 minute long rendition. It got an inch of car with the flares and many years ago when another one in a way, in Stockholm, yesterday was another great one. Imagine it with 6,000 people. Yeah, a few people mentioned on Facebook. Uh, White Heart Lane, another great one. Bodislav, another great rendition. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I remember those it's two. It's our right? best song, isn't it? It really is. It's our best song. Burnt Twig of Scotland, maybe. But we'll move on to the 74th minute pro prof and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Gaffney. <laughs> um, he was in the six-yard box, and you could see he kind of slumped down on his knees like a, like a lunge. Yeah. And it, you need to score these. And the defender slips and all, so he's, he's not even under pressure, really, is he? <sighs> you need to score these. Like, Has to put that away. It's very, very frustrating. Very, and then, very frustrating. I think soon after that, then we had Sean Hoare from the corner, and it's a great chance from a header. Should yep. score that too. That's the one that hit the post, was it? No, the, the, one, the post coming up now in a sec. 89th minute, if you want to carry on. Gaffney, yeah, he flicked the Hoare cross onto the post, and it hit the post, keeper went for it. Went past the keeper again. Keeper's flailing. And we just couldn't get him. Borky ended up with the ball at his feet. I'm thinking, no better man. They just got bodies. And that determination mm. ultimately led them to getting a point. Like, they had determination to keep that ball out of the net. And we just couldn't put it home. We really couldn't. We nearly lost it as well. well said that, yeah. Phillips had a free header for Phillips, a free kick. And he's a good player. He's a big, tall lad. He had a, he could have buried that. That would have been game over. That, been. that was the last minute. Luckily, he was stretching for it. And it went wide. Yeah. Because he was told It's not good, Prof. It's not good. But we have been better. It's a better performance from what we have been. Now, people will probably hammer us for saying this, but I think we've been. It was a better performance than what we've had previously in the previous weeks. I think we've we've played a lot better. We're creating more chances. Like some games where we just didn't create. This, we should have put to bed a couple of. Th- I think 
like I said last week, this I think we're gonna click eventually. I hate, do you know what? I hate saying that now. <laughs> this whole click thing. We're halfway through the season. Halfway through the season. Still yeah. using the word click. So I think we'll start playing better and start scoring goals. I think Richie Tell is gonna be a big addition to the squad. We've got Watts back. Joey's nearly back. All good, positive, positive uh, vibes going into the squad. I, I think we will start to start the B teams. I think we'll start kicking on. Gaffney is legal at times. He's mm. legal. You've seen him. Once he starts playing well. When he's left the shooting booth at home the yeah. last uh, two games, yeah. a lot of these chances have been inside the box. Like, guilt edge chances. Yeah, that header. I've seen How many sleeping. has he had in balls in this game? Like, five or six? No, I know. We see. We, we, but in general, I love Gaffney. I yeah. love the way he uses the ball, or uses his body to win the ball. It's deadly, isn't it? He's he so, sticks his arse out, yeah. doesn't he? Doesn't he always stick his arse out? Yeah. He's so exciting to watch. And that pass I mentioned earlier, like, no, no one else would have thought that pass. Yeah, no, no, and even the one with the yeah. left foot that set up Greener from Waterford, like little mm. things like that, they're brilliant. But uh, yeah, so Prof, the subs. This is the thing. What the conspiracy theories are going around is that Brad's didn't make a sub on purpose, trying to push through the Stokes mm. deal. <laughs> but it's all propaganda. You wouldn't know what to think. Um, well, personally, tr- personally, right when we didn't make a sub, and I only copped it in the maybe the seventy-fifth minute, and I thought to myself. We haven't made a sub. Why? Because we look like scoring. That's what I was thinking. From maybe 50 minutes onwards, 60 minutes, we looked like scoring. We did. We were getting into their box. We were getting chances, hitting the post, missing one-on-ones. I mean, we, we were whipping balls in and we looked like scoring. So I just maybe think, maybe mm. Brad's I thought, I don't need to change this. Maybe he thought he doesn't need to change it, but at the same time, Gannon was, was bollocks. But Gannon yeah. should have been whipped. We'll say that. Finn was fading, although... You could argue to leave him on. He was still driving yeah, us Finn on. Finn is Finn, isn't he? And uh, other than that, obviously, young bench. Dylan Watts is probably only there to come on if we were winning comfortably at the end, not when we're trying to chase a win. Yeah. Uh, someone actually had a go on me on Twitter for not putting the question to Brazzer about not making us up. Oh, well, like, you don't want to get... Uh, like, I don't know. Was, it, was that a valid question? Why didn't you make um, any subs? I think we knew the answer, but uh, no, he'll be asking the team news this week. So between the post match and team news, I I try to get every relevant Squirtle question to in there. But um, yeah, we've we've kind of talked about performances there. Fame fame on the match for me. I think Greener was very good. Um, Mandrew and Bork looked dangerous at times. A little bit wasteful sometimes, but in gen <clears throat> in general though, just our the way we tried to open up teams. Like, what do you think about it? I think. Staff made a good point that he said we're obsessed with playing balls in the tightest of spaces. Yeah. And it's easy to defend against. Yeah. Because once we're copped onto it, once the teams cop onto it because mm. they've realised they just need to crowd us out mm. and enclose that space and then we just try it again on a different part of the pitch and it doesn't work. And we're trying to play the, play the perfect pass and every perfect play and just get into the box and work the perfect goal. Sometimes it just we need a little bit more than that. Yeah, like like I said, I love Gaffney's all around game. I just wish more players would get closer to him and kind of go beyond them. After all, it's great work, you know. Yeah, it's just we're we're left in limbo after he gets the ball. Like, there's nothing mm. going beyond him. It really isn't. I'm not having this this overreaction that this like, oh, we're running out of ideas. Like that's just already simplistic and just no time for that. Really, we ha- we have been a little too predictable the last few games. But as you said, the performance was better. It was. It's getting weeks. better. And we, I think we'll start... I'm going to say click again. So we, we go again. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think we are going to get better. But do have some good performances. Um, can I ask you this? Did you think Al would save? People keep on saying, when's the last time Al saved the penalty? I think it was Derry, the brand new L in, was it 2018? Or 2019? When was the last time Al went the right way for a penalty? Uh, I, I, I didn't think you were going to come at me with that. Because he never seems to guess right. Oh, I don't know. That's a good one, Prof. Yeah, get the stats. I have to get the stats out for that one. Just be careful. I mean, he obviously he's careful on the media day. He saved one against Ilves, obviously because we won. But I think he went. He was sent the wrong way for every single other one Ugh. in that shootout. I don't know, Prof. It's something that we're gonna have to look You'd into. You think a lot of averages he would guess right more often? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, overall. Finn man the match for me and the team performance we talked about is getting a little bit better but once again I don't know should we even highlight the fact there was a couple of bills and they were quickly drowned out as well by shut up you cunt <laughs> shut the fuck up like why are you booing we're top of the league we're lucky to be up there at the minute that's being honest we're lucky because the other results have gone our way we're lucky that Sligo have been dropping points Pats have been dropping points and we're lucky in that sense if not if we don't nip it in the bud now we could start falling down the, the table. That's what that's what I'm worried about. So that's what we need to focus on. In my opinion, that's how I t- that's how I feel. Of some of those fans, it was their first game back. First game back, and you're booing. Like, get, get a grip. It man. wasn't necessarily them, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Madness. But uh, yeah, prof, our Champions League opponents will move on, and the full time whistle was gone. That's it. Done. Dusted. We got a point. They're happy with it. They were delighted. Um. Tim Clancy was saying that they could have won it. Ish, maybe, but I don't he said that they were the better team in the second half. Don't think I agree with that either. Um you'd wonder what game some people are watching. Was Mr. Deegan happy? Ah, he's never happy. He's never <laughs> happy. Never ever happy. Everyone is shy. Everyone is rubbish. He's rubbish. That person's rubbish. Everybody's rubbish. Uh he's, no, he's never happy. But yeah, our Champions League opponents probably slow Sounds like slow. the ultras of the far probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our Champions League opponents, Slovak Bratislava Prof, they won the 1969 European Cup Winners' Cup and it remains the only time a Slovak team or any team from the old Czechoslovakia has won a European trophy. And there we have Owen Rice with a little history lesson here. Before we move on there, do you remember Michael O'Connor? We asked him about Czechoslovakia. Oh yeah, what was the question? It was like, what what two cut nations yeah, has, did, split. It, did it split into Czechoslovakia? And, and then we were like, there's a clue... It's in the name. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, so listen up now. We have Owen Rice. Great reputations. Slovan Bratislava, 1969. Just a touch of irony. Published by Neil Frederick Jensen on GameOfThePeople.com in September of last year. In the late summer of 1968, Russian troops rolled into Czechoslovakia in response to the so-called Prague Spring that took place between January and August of that year. The Cold War was raging, and the sight of tanks in the picturesque capital city raised fears that the world was on the brink of a global conflict. From a football perspective, the invasion prompted Eastern Bloc countries to withdraw their clubs from UEFA competitions, after the governing body ensured they met each other in the first round draws in order to avoid any awkward fixtures. In the European Cup, This meant clubs like Dinamo Kiev, Red Star Belgrade and Levski Sofia withdrew, while in the European Cup Winners' Cup, Union Berlin, 
Gornik Zabze and Dinamo Moscow, among others, refused to enter. Ironically, Czech clubs, Spartak Tirnava in the European Cup and Slovan Bratislava in the Cup Winners' Cup, both took part. Eastern Bloc clubs were difficult opponents in European competition, but only in the Intercity's Fairs Cup had an Eastern European club won a trophy. In 1968-69, Slovan Bratislava emerged triumphant in the Cup Winners' Cup, surprise winners in a still relatively strong field of clubs. Slovan had won the Czechoslovakian Cup in 1967-68, beating Dukla Prague over two legs. They had also finished runners-up to rivals Spartak Tirnava in the league, finishing five points behind the champions. They were coached by Michal Visian, an advocate of tight defending and fast, simple football that wore down Slovan's opponents. The 1967-68 season was the second in a three-year run in which Slovan were runners-up in the Czechoslovakia First League. The club had last been champions in 1955, but they were one of the most popular teams with crowds averaging over 15,000 at the Tehelne Pol Stadium. Slovan's team included more than half a dozen players who would be included in the Czechoslovakia squad for the 1970 World Cup. It was a mix of youth and experience, including the giant, highly respected defender Alexander Horvath, who captained his country in Mexico. Generally, the quality of the Czech squad was underrated, but their national team had disposed of Hungary and Portugal in the qualifying group for 1970. Similarly, very few people expected Slovan to be in with the chance of winning the Cup Winners' Cup. The British contenders, West Bromwich Albion and Unfermanagh Athletic, were ahead of them as possible winners, and there was Barcelona, Cologne, Porto and Torino also in the pack. Slovan's first opponents were Yugoslavian side FK Bor, who had qualified for the competition by default after losing to double winners Red Star Belgrade 7-0 in the cup final. Bor, who won promotion to the Yugoslav First League in 1968, were beaten 3-0 in Bratislava, but had Slovan very worried in the second leg, winning 2-0. Into the second round, Slovan pulled off a resounding 4-1 aggregate victory against a Porto side that would push Benfica to the limit in Portugal in 1968-69. Slovan lost the first leg in Porto 1-0, but they bounced back in style, winning 4-0 with the Kapkovic twins Jan and Josef on the score sheet. The quarterfinals paired Slovan with Torino, a hard task as the Italians were virtually unbeatable at home but Slovan won 1-0, thanks to a goal from midfielder Karol Jokl, and the second leg saw them win 2-1 in front of almost 21,000 people at the Tehelne Pole. The last four included Scottish side Dunfermline, Barcelona and Cologne. When the names came out of the hat, both Dunfermline manager George Farm and Slovan's Michael Vissian must have breathed a sigh of relief. The Scots had unexpectedly beaten West Bromwich Albion in the last eight and were arguably the third best side in Scotland after the Glasgow Old Firm. They also rarely lost at East End Park, their home ground, where the first leg took place. Slovan were impressive in every department and it was a surprise when Jim Fraser gave Dunfermline the lead just before half-time. Patiently, Slovan took control and equalised five minutes from time through Jan Kapkovic who later hit the crossbar, 
as the visitors went in search of a winner. A 1-1 draw wasn't a good result for Farm's team, and so approved, for Slovan won 1-0 in Bratislava, Jan Kapkovic scoring again, after, after Ladislav Modra's shot was parried by goalkeeper Willie Duff. Barcelona awaited the winners, with the game scheduled for Basel's St. Jakob Stadion on May 21st. They were overwhelming favourites, but this was not a classic Barca lineup, and they hadn't won the Spanish league since 1960. They won the Spanish Cup in 1968 by beating Real Madrid 1-0, but in 68-69 they went out of the competition cheaply and were pushed into third place in the league by Real and Las Palmas. Barcelona were going through a crisis of confidence in the late 1960s, and losing to Slovan would make matters worse. It was a memorable evening in Basel for Czechoslovakian football. Vissian's team went for Barcelona from the start, and after just two minutes, 30-year-old striker Ludgovic Svetler, a member of Czechoslovakia's Olympic silver medalists, gave them the lead, a tame finish after the Barcelona defence had failed to clear the ball. Barca had problems dealing with Slovan's direct runs into the area throughout the game. Barca levelled after 16 minutes, when Jose, Jose Antonio Saldua netted from close range as the ball was headed back across the penalty box. But Slovan kept attacking, and another run through the middle ended with Vladimir Hivnak shooting past Barca keeper, keeper Saderni after 29 minutes. In the 42nd minute, it became 3-1 when Jan Kapkovic found himself in a one-on-one situation and he calmly sent his shot around the keeper. Barca were stunned, but pulled one back with Carlos Ricek, a future accolade of Jan Cruy- Johan Cruyff, scored direct from a corner. Slovan keeper Alexander Wenzel claims he had been deceived by the floodlights. Slovan held on to win 3-2, creating a landmark achievement for Czechoslovakian football. Bizarrely, Slovan captain Horvath received the trophy pitch side without his shirt suggesting the celebrations had already started. The city of Bratislava enjoyed the victory, and Slovan continued their success with a league title win in 1970, and were narrowly denied a double when they lost the cup final on penalties. Halcyon days on the banks of the Danube. Nice little history lesson from Owen Royce there. Yeah, it's like a Cold War audiobook. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what very ex- good, very good. You don't know what to expect in this podcast. Anything can happen. <laughs> jam-packed show again this week but uh, yeah so we'll move on and we've other results probably Waterford won Pats won and a little bit of dribble I've got a little bar burst in my show he says alright my old mate come for an hour drink now my old bugger and then he says fucking Parker P.K.Y hi my old mate you should see Gar it's a pity you can't see Gar when he does this Mark Burcher impression because You've never seen him gesticulate as much as this. Oh man, he's a proper geezer, isn't he? <laughs> he's a proper geezer. Oh fucking hell! The uh, he's doing a good job with him. I'd say he's doing. He's, yeah. getting, he's getting the good results out of him, and um, he actually made a good point. He was he was making a point about them having to work extra extra hard on getting these points. He said because the I think he was kind of hinting at saying, "Listen, we're shy." So we have to work extra hard, but no, he's doing well with them, and he's he's delving. He's very funny on Twitter as well, and he's delving into the uh, into the community as well. So he's good. He's doing well at the club. There's a picture of uh, the past fan you know, with the bell 
standing outside the oh, gate in Waterford. Is, what is that? That dope with the clicker or the the bell? Yeah, and then another one has the old school clacker, <laughs> not a clacker. Yeah, so I saw a picture of him. Obviously, couldn't get into the game, so he had to ring the bell from outside the gate. But uh, Ryan sent me um, their their game at Longford. Was it the week before, maybe? And uh, they scored. What was it? Three or four goals. Mm. And <laughs> your man was there as well, probably outside. And after every single goal, you just hear the bell ringing, and you hear the Longford fans like giving out stink. So you just hear. Fuck off with your bell! <laughs> and you hear the girl going, Why are you ringing a bell? <laughs> Bees? <laughs> they were so annoyed by this Why bell. are you ringing a bell? I could have used a little more cowbell. Um, yeah, Dundalk 2 1 prof. They beat Derry. And with Harps 1 1 with Longford with a very, very controversial goal. This was offside. This is crazily oh, offside. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, Madness. Yeah. Crazy. And I think it was our old May. Cost me a life in the last man standing as well. <laughs> it was gloating. <laughs> Sorry. That's my evil, evil laugh. I picked shells. And they uh, they got a they actually they did they won so that's well, it. anyone could have picked shells. I'm thinking long term. No, you gotta think with the it's fleeting. These things are fleeting. You gotta think in the present, and now you have lost a life, prof. That's what happens. You gotta think, boom, straight in, no kissing, get in there. One to one and work, prof. You're, you're talking to a talking to a, a a vet here. You're talking to a well versed vet. But listen, don't worry about it. Mm. You won the one, won the one at work, and you shared our first one, which I'm <laughs> not counting as a win. Listen, don't, I've got form here, prof. So Joey and Dow again at a in commentary, and uh, he was he is very very listenable. I watched that whole game, <laughs> and my missus came in and said to me, he said, "Who is that? <laughs> Who is that? I'm in heaven. Welcome to heaven." Ah, uh, he's very good. But I, I get like people. Some people might say he's lashing it on. He's not. The little things that he's talking about are all little. Nice little touches and good little t- bits of play. Like, I'm now I do. I'm a fan of Joey. I have to say, I've not actually heard a full game. All I hear is the, the crazy sound boys. No, I did. I watched the whole thing, and he's got good knowledge. He is. He's good. And um, Sligo were actually really good. But as for balls, this is this is just balls weren't terrible. Balls weren't great. They weren't rubbish. Like they had a couple of good chances. But, but purely results wise, this is classic balls beating robbers and then then getting trounced in the game immediately after. Trounced. Yeah. Absolutely walloped. The champions elect Gar. Four nil. There you go. As for Dundalk, uh it's very very, very rare I will say something positive about Dundalk because I hate them. Okay. But that send off for Shields was class. Yeah, it was absolutely class. It was. I give him that. Yeah. In fairness, it was. It was pretty cool. And uh, the Gaffney Gaffney strike versus Waterford got her goal of the month. Prof. Lovely, lovely, solid strike in off the bar. And uh, moment of the week, PJ Gallagher was fuming, having to give two grand to a Rovers fan. Tommy Marsh from Kildare won the Manhattan <laughs> giveaway. You could see it in his face. He was fuming. Even behind the mask, you could see it. You could see he was just gritting his teeth behind his face, behind that face mask. He was bullying. Uh, it was great to see. Things you love to see. Big, dirty grin on Tommy's face as well. So great. To, uh, Tommy, don't don't forget, bags of cans. 
bags of cans to the prof and to Gary P with that lovely two grand you won. Uh, Alan Campbell appeared in a Bowls podcast, prof. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. I've not heard it. This is a uh, Jared Farrell. Uh, Bowles fan is this the Virgin fans podcast he's a, bit of a, he's a bit of a League of Ireland historian anyway so I wouldn't just box him as a, a Bowles fan is it is that the ner- he, did, is he didn't all go on in though that it was a Bowles podcast is that the nerd one that they brought out the two dorks the fan one uh, no I don't know no I think it's a different one but um, yeah so if you want to listen to some more Alan Campbell he was on our show last year he gave us the whole rundown on, on the La Liga and being top scorer in the in the eighties for us and everything. So, uh, Gary O'Neill won the Player of the Month award for June. Are we fucking blind? What matches are these players watching? Are these fans watching? Very hard one. It was the best of a bad bunch. Let's be honest. That month was a bad month. Gaffney should have got it. He scored the goals. <laughs> no offense to Gary. He's a good player. He didn't he didn't deserve Player of the Month for that month. Some people are actually giving uh, Gary stick, but um, I wouldn't say stick. He's just not. Doing what he usually does, do you know. What but I, mean? um, I, I will yeah. say, he's very quick to give the I ball can't. away and draw it. He's very quick to mm. not want the ball. Like he didn't really make it and happen. Do you know what I mean? I can't understand Gaffney not winning this though. That that's mind-boggling. Yeah. But like I said, the other options it was slim pickings. A uh, great interview, Prof, with Joe Barnes in the program as well. Saw his first Rovers game at eighty-one years. Oh wait, hold on. He, he saw his first Rovers game 81 years ago. 81? 81 years. How old is he? Ago. Beat that. 90? 90, 90, how old is he? 95? 90? Jesus Christ. Fair play. That's brilliant. And can he remember No, he just said when it was. Okay, okay. I don't know if he has much memories of it. Uh, he was nearly on, on our show once. Uh, we were going to do him and Paddy Mulligan. For their, like, our six in a row special. We ended up doing McLeach. Paddy, yeah, two of them were great. And... Uh, yeah, Joe was actually with us in Johnny Blues and the show never happened. So we ended up chatting to him about the 60s for ages. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking so about. So I think yeah. I'll have to get him properly on the podcast and get his stories. Uh, Prof, Big Gav, Gavin Bazunu set to join Portsmouth on loan so that an Irish contingent is growing at Portsmouth. Pompey, we have Ronan Cordes, as far as I know. We have Sean Williams, maybe a couple more. So good move for Gav. Yeah, and good move. Still learning his craft. Uh, the government and Neffet are fucking things up again as usual indoor dining has been delayed once again prof so there's going to be an increase in spectator numbers for outdoor events starting July tour I don't I don't know what to think of this like just taking it day by day you don't know how much they're going to flip flop so mm. unfortunately there's another delay like this, does this not contradict itself like well, it's too late for the dock but uh, if it means like before we were looking at what 500 for the Slovan home yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, So if it means getting a bit more in there for the, the home leg, that is a bit of positivity. Yeah, I think we're, we are. I was talking to Fergal from the Four Provinces and he was just showing me a couple of heat maps and stats on like the whole of Europe and Ireland and apparently like we're the only ones. Yeah, we're the only country. Only country, like, so. And Northern Ireland have had one death in the last month since they opened uh, indoor uh, dining. It's just thinks of nobody wanting to take responsibility doesn't it it's just like right pass the fucking hot potato like who who wants to make the decision ultimately nobody because they don't want to fall it back on them uh, they want to fall on the back that's what it is though isn't it isn't it stinking that <sighs> it really does it's very frustrating speaking of indoor and outdoor don't you know, four years ago today we were in Iceland I know I, I saw the photos 
we were where were we dying did we have Auntie? I think we were eating reindeer we were, we were outside and it was fully bright at 2am mental so we're falling out of the pub and we're looking around and it's like 3 in the day and we're like what what is going on <laughs> why is this it was strange very very strange um, the underage results ok so we have the under 14s Brof Rovers 4 nil. Club Kildare nil. so we Marshall Orazzi Maher and Kane uh, Siobhan Kane's nephew so big shout out to Siobhan Kane former COO under 15 we've Club Kildare 2 Rovers 6 we've Afolabi Hattrick Dylan O'Sullivan and Turley under 17s and the Waterford Waterford beats 3-1 in uh, Waterford so that's Malone getting on the score sheet there under 17 ladies at Lone Town 1 Rowers 5 so Thompson getting a hat-trick Gunning and McMahon and then we did under 19's win with some magical goals in this one Rowers 4 Dundalk 1 with Conan Noonan getting a hat-trick and Idemo Imaku getting one and some very very nifty and nice goals in that one hat-trick galore here Idemo has to be getting a run soon doesn't he why can't like I'm not even gonna talk about these the youth the youth prof a, a hat trick in the nineteens does that constitute getting you some sort of game time in the fourth team? Well, he's already got game time, and yeah, you know what I mean. He came on against Waterford, and uh, he impressed a few people. So uh, yeah, up next prof this is a brilliant one. Really, really enjoyed this. We have Thanos Michael, and he's giving us the lowdown on Slovakian football. So we're joined now by Thanos Michael, uh, the man behind the Twitter account Slovak Football. So uh, Thanos, tell us how long you've been based in Bratislava and what got you so interested in the Slovakian league? Well, I I moved to Bratislava in 2016, February, because I got a job here. Uh, so I moved from my native Greece. And basically, uh, since it was the first time that I was you know, properly outside my own country, what is the best way to feel a bit more let's say in place with the locals so it's a good way is to get involved with sports so obviously being a football fan i started watching the local league discovering more stuff about the teams i only knew like three or four teams before i moved here you know so uh, it's been now five years since i've been following it started let's say like uh, ground hopping sort of like i don't mind the level what i'm watching it can be either the first division or it can be the sixth division for me it doesn't matter football is football and uh, yeah and uh, you know there was uh, finding info about slovak football in english it's really really tough and hard to come by uh, because I mean, the sport itself is not that massive here. Hockey is number one in Slovakia. Hockey is the king, you know. So I decided to start this account just so I can share like really basic info about Slovak football with uh, the world and for anyone that might be interested in it. And you ended up supporting Spartak Tiranava. Uh, they are one of the most successful teams in the country, but uh, Tiranava is to the west Outside the yeah, city of Bratislava, so why did you pick them as yeah, your team? It is uh, like 40-something kilometers from here, and they, it is actually the biggest derby in the country. Bratislava against Trnava, there is this uh, hatred, you know, that uh, let's call it like this. And uh, it has to do with the fact that, you know, when I, start, when I was first over here and I started watching football, they're the team that I enjoyed going to the most because they had the biggest crowds and... Uh, I just enjoyed uh, more going to their stadium. 
I enjoyed the overall experience. Slovan back then were still playing in, in their old temporary stadium, the Pasienki, which was uh, like a graveyard, not not many people going there, games with less than a thousand fans. So it was just really sterile atmosphere. In Trnava, it was completely different. I was enjoying my visits there. And then I met a guy, we became uh, like friends and we started going to games together. Uh, he's a Spartak fan. So... I got more into it. And now it's my third year of having a season ticket. So we're going to be talking about Spartak's great rivals, Slovan, today. So I'm expecting some sort of bias. Uh, that's fine. But uh, yeah, like, but uh, see, I will try to keep it as less as non-biased as possible, given that I'm not Slovak myself. You know, I'm trying to stay out of the, the hardest aspects from the rivalry. Let's say. Slovan only had two defeats last year in their double winning season and they came towards mm-hmm. the end of the campaign. In fact, Spartak Ternava spoiled the party with a 3-0 win in the derby in May. So I bet you enjoyed that one. Yeah, it, it was it was quite enjoyable because Spartak hadn't uh, beat Slovan since uh, 2018 when Spartak won the last won the title, which was after 45 years, by the way. And uh, yeah, Slovan really, like the in the... Last part of the season, they really fell off the tracks. You know, it was um, it was really surprising to watch. But obviously, it had to do with many many reasons. Mostly, I believe it's with uh, like the owner. We we will talk obviously more about it later. There is uh, ownership instability at the moment. But yeah, I quite enjoyed that Spartak managed to do the double over Slovan in the playoffs. They won both home and away, and that was. That was quite enjoyable and unexpected. That is actually my next topic. That the fact that Slovan are run by a, a property mogul or an oligarch, if you will, and there's, there's rumours that the club is in a, a bad financial state and will have to sell some players. Is there any truth to that? And what sort of ownership issues are going on? Yeah, well, uh, I will not go as far as call the guy an oligarch that owns the club. You know, uh, you don't really get. Uh, oligarchs owning club in sport here anymore at least not now in the in the mid to late 90s when you know the uh, when communist film yeah yeah you could have said that but yeah it's it's a really rich guy but that he, he has been owning the club for around 10 plus years now but in the last let's say two years he has sort of pulled back and let his son take over management of many day-to-day proceedings and that has caused uh, chaos in the club um nobody can tell for sure how serious their financial troubles may be but it is quite clear that uh, there is a general lack of instability part of it maybe has to do with the fact that there is an investigation going on about the um, how the the stadium you know the stadium that slovan play also happens to be the national team stadium, uh, it's called Narodni Futbalovi Stadion, which means National Football Stadium, right? And it was uh, de- it was demolished and rebuilt really recently. And it was, let's say, given to Slovan. But there, this was, let's say, a shady deal. And there is some, car- some current government um, investigation into why the stadium was given to them, about the money that was spent uh, doing it. So there are some people, some fans, who believe that uh, the owner obviously thinks that this will maybe not end well, and that's why he maybe has decided to, let's say, put less support. 
but in general it is quite clear that the, um, this owner's son who runs the day-to-day -day proceedings is not a man that is really fit to be running a football club you know it's uh, I I don't know how to say this, but yeah, he's not a calm person. He's not a, um, he doesn't have a clear head, many mistakes and uh, controversies. Uh, like to give you a short example, he was involved with a Heil Hitler salute in a cup final. So that should give you some in, uh, input into his mentality. You know, he's not the man that you really want to run your football club. I was looking through Slovan's squad. Uh, the captain is a Bulgarian international defender, Vasil Bozikov. Uh, top goal scorer last season was uh, the Brazilian, Rafael Ratau, with uh, 14 goals. So what players, in your opinion, should Robert's fans watch out for? Well, um, I, I will. Yeah, I can tell you about some of the players that uh, definitely you should watch for. But uh, I guess we can start, because since you mentioned Ratau, Rata will probably leave the club. I mean, there's there was let's say an argument with man with manager and the ownership, and it is uh, expected that he will be sold. The, of course, this is not certain yet. He's taking part in the preseason, and uh, so far there is no, you know, uh, concrete offer. Uh, but so we can talk about the other another striker that you should uh, watch for. It's David Strelec. He's a 20-year-old Slovak guy, and uh, he had a quite de decent last season. Uh, he scored, uh, I think, 10 or 9 goals in, in the league. And he was to be part of the Slovakia squad for the Euros, but he was injured in the last friendly. And therefore, he had to pull out of the squad. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm honestly not sure if he will be fit to play. But if he does, he will be one to look out for. Uh, more than that, you should definitely be looking out for uh, defender Mianti Abena. He's a uh, he's a Dutch Surinamese. He's a really good player, very strong in the air. He frequently contributes with goals as well. He was signed by. Slovan's rival Spartak uh, a couple of years ago, and he's been a mainstay. And he also scored a very decisive goal against Pauk in the Europa League qualifiers uh, some time ago that helped them to qualify for the group stages. And um, you should definitely be also looking for uh, Vladimir Weiss, who maybe you remember him, he was in Rangers for some time. He also spent part in Man City's academy. And as it happens, he is the manager's son. His manager, his father, who is a quite well, very well-known figure in Slovak football, he managed Slovakia to the uh, round of 16 in the 2010 World Cup when they knocked out Italy in the group stages. He returned to the club and he's manager of the club now. Uh, he returned like two, three games before the end of the season to help steer the ship a little bit. Uh, so he won the cup and he won the league with, you know, just uh, playing, uh, let's say, a minimal part. Uh, yeah, his son, he's he's a good player, but he has he has had lots of, you know, personal issues in the past. And uh, for him, hopefully his father's presence now uh, will help him steer himself towards a, a better path. Um, there are more players that are good, but maybe or could be leaving. One is Mohan, a 27-year-old Moroccan guy who has been a 
a mainstay uh, at the club for the past uh, seasons, like uh, quite a good player. He's he's played like uh, three and a half seasons now for Slovan and contributed lots of goals, but he will quite possibly leave the club. And another guy who very recently left the club is the goalkeeper. I, I was one of the players that I wanted to tell you that you should watch for, Dominic Greif, the goalkeeper, uh, product of uh, Slovan's academy and uh, former fan favorite. He's leaving the club. He's moving to Real Mallorca for just over 2 million euros. So uh, d- quite decent signing. Uh, experience of uh, Europa League group stages, he, he was really good, but uh, his transfer to Mallorca fell through last January. And uh, after that, he was obviously disinterested and really out of form. He stopped playing eventually and now he's moving on. So it is quite uh, interesting to see who will replace him. Uh, there is a backup keeper, Michal Shula, and there is also a, a new guy that they're signing now, Hovan, from another smaller Slovak club. So I'm curious to see who will actually take over goalkeeping duties. I expect it to be Shula who is not really a household name. So maybe that's an area that uh, we, we maybe will see uh, Rovers trying to get some advantage. Uh, a sort of, he's not exactly new goalie, but he's not that good. So, you know. There's lots of different uh, nationalities in the squad. I was hearing that a couple of years ago, at least, fans took issue with how few Slovaks were in the team, how few locals were in it. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, uh, Slovan Ultras are a quite interesting bunch, right? As we, you see with cases, with uh, teams in, let's say, Central Eastern Europe, sometimes fans can take issue with uh, things like this. Uh, like an example, you see the Dynamo Kiev Ultras taking issue with the fact that their manager is a Shakhtar Donetsk legend, right? So, so yeah, a few years ago, there were some uh, this content, if I I'm, I think this word fits here, about the, the general direction where the club is heading, that, oh, we are employing too many mercenaries, we don't have guys who feel for the club, who love the shirt, and uh, that's why one of the reasons why the goalkeeper, Greif, was their hero, because he's a local boy raised from the club, and now they hate him because he wants to leave. So it goes on to show that what the hardcore fans think doesn't really matter and should not be really be taken seriously. Uh, this game will be played at the same venue that uh, Slovakia beat Ireland on penalties in the Euro 2020 playoff semi-finals to 22,500 seat your yes. stadium. What's the COVID restrictions like in Bratislava? What sort of attendance are we looking at for this game? Yeah, sadly at the moment, the, the issues that are in place are limiting... Uh, the, the capacity for outdoor events to 500 people maximum. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the U, UFA instructions are not to generally, you know, allocate away tickets to That's right, uh, yeah. away, uh, away fans. I mean, obviously, if somebody was here and he went in with home fans, there wouldn't be a problem. But I'm sure that, uh, you know, they will give priority to uh, season ticket owners. That's what they did in their... For that's what they're planning for one of their last friendlies that they had. They gave priority to season ticket holders. I'm not sure how many season tickets they have, to be honest. But yeah, the 500 uh, maximum capacity at the moment, sadly, it's it's not big. The 2021 Slovak Cup final, that was played 
behind closed doors. But I know you did attend the 2020 final in Bratislava. I saw on your Twitter page. So how was that experience? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've actually attended, uh, I had attended all the cup finals since I moved here from 2016 until 2020. Uh, so I went to all cup finals, but the 2021 was the worst from all. It was a, an incredibly awful game and the only goal was a penalty and uh, for Slovan and uh, it, it was just, it was tedious. So around three and a half thousand fans, even though the capacity was around you know, 50% allowed, almost nobody really bothered to turn up and it was an awful game. But for me, at least, you know, I, I live really close to the stadium. It's like a five minute walk. So at least it's not like I had to travel for it. So I didn't really mind. Another interesting thing about this tie is that UEFA have gotten rid of the away goals rule. And the last time Roberts had played in Europe, uh, away in Europe, 2019, we scored a last-minute equaliser in Norway to make it two all. That completely changed the tie. Obviously, the same year Slovan went through against Pauk and away goals after a three-all draw on aggregate to reach the group stages. So, away goals have been a major factor, obviously in recent times. What's your opinion on this change? See, I'm, I'm still, I'm still really, really undecided because I can't tell whether abolishing away goals may will help, let's say, uh, weaker teams or if not i'm i'm really undecided about it i uh, you spoke of a you know a good experience for you shamrock rovers scoring was it bran bergen if i'm not mistaken that's right yeah bran uh, yeah I remember. Well, that was the first leg uh, now but yeah that, that was the first leg yeah and uh, but you know from my side speaking as a guy that follows spartak on the same year spartak were knocked out due to an away goal after losing two nil away from home going 3-0 up at home against Lokomotiv Plovdiv and then uh, conceding a goal towards the end, right? So I'm still, uh, honestly, I'm still undecided. I think that maybe it would be a good thing because, uh, you know, some teams will not close up shop that much, but um, I'm 50-50 at the moment. I guess after the first experience that will really you know, affect me personally, then I will t- then I will be able to tell you if I'm okay with it or not. You mentioned Vladimir Voice earlier. He's the only Slovan Bratislava player at the Euros. And uh, speaking of the Euros, is there massive disappointment in Slovakia right now, the way the national team exited the competition last week? I mean, uh, expectations were low, right? Like nobody really expected the, the the national team to get out of the group stage. But there is definite disappointment in how the manager Stefan Tarkovic, uh, you know, fielded the team. I mean, he like he started all games without a natural striker, and uh, so Slovakia played, let's say, a four-six-zero, right? Where Andre Duda, who is a natural central attacking midfielder he was playing as a false nine right so the people were really disappointed that he didn't really try to play more attacking and that really uh, you know they really paid for it in the Sweden game when they you went but you go behind after 75 minutes and then you feel you send your only striker in the game to play in I mean Slovakia has a big problem with strikers it's Something like Ireland, right? It's like, uh, I, I know that you have same issues. Like, what's your biggest hope at the moment? Troy Parrot, and he doesn't get that much regular time. Slovakia has a similar problem. There is a striker in Feyenoord who doesn't get playing time. 
a good striker who is moving now to Slavia Prague, but he got injured in the last moment. The Slovan striker got injured. But even that, even even with so many absences, people were expecting the team to at least open up a bit more. So there is disappointment also to the with the excuses that the manager gave, like excuses like, oh, all the teams were higher than us in the FIFA rankings, as if that, sh- that should never be an excuse, you know, like never. And uh, obviously the Spain game, was a, it was a massive capitulation and People are calling for the manager to be sacked, but it has not happened yet. We will see how that goes. As for Slovan, um, what style of football does this manager like? What way does he like to set up? I mean, Slovan, you know, since given that they are, let's let's be honest, the biggest team in the league, uh, they're always generally expecting to, you know, play attacking football, score lots of goals. And you can see that this was the case, especially until the first half of uh, last season, right? Uh, now, with uh, people and some with some good attacking-minded players wanting to leave, uh, I'm still really unsure as to how, uh, you know, he will, he will play. Maybe he will be... Uh, more cautious, maybe not, but I, I think that he will definitely try, at least in the home game, to attack as much as possible. I mean, if you maybe, rem- I can't give you, you know, so such much tactical insight as to how Vladimir Weiss will fi- play, but I'm re- quite sure that he will attack a lot in the games, especially in the home game. The Slovan will be strong favourites to advance, uh, of course, but. What are the Slavon fans and media saying about Shamrock Rovers? They obviously fully expect to get past us and it'd be a major shock if they didn't. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they do expect uh, to, to get past, but it's I don't think there is like an, an entitlement, you know, uh, because they, they recognize that they should go through, but they also recognize that the team is, in, is not in a good uh, situation at the moment and that it will not be as easy as it was with, you know, uh, Dundalk a few a few season, seasons ago. But, um, I mean, I, I know that uh, Rovers are, are, are not exactly in their strongest uh, situation right now. Like, if I'm not mistaken, you had players that left and you, and like Graham Burke, right? He, he left the club, didn't he? And you have uh, it was played. two players. It was Jack Byrne and Aaron McAniff left. We still have Graham. Yeah, Burke. yeah. J- j- sorry, uh, Jack Byrne. That's yeah. He went to Upwell, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think that Slovan will get through, uh, but it will not be that easier. I would say it will not be that easy. But yeah. uh, obvious. But I can definitely tell you that if they go through, every single one of their fans expects to be knocked out by a young boys. Like every single one, every single comment that I've read believes that this will be the end, that there's no way that Slovan would get through young boys. The fact that Slovan's season doesn't start until the end of July, robbers are already midway through our campaign. Have Slovak teams ever been caught cold before because of fitness or is it not that big a deal? I mean, uh, um, I'm in recent... Uh, like relatively recent games with Irish sides, Slovan, uh, Slovak sides always went through. I remember, you know, quite recently the Dundalk game that Slovan beat Dalton Homan away. 
a few years ago, Spartak Trnava beat Sligo Rovers uh, at home and then drew away to qualify. And if I'm not mistaken, Slovan also beat UCD some years ago, but not exactly that was, you know, the biggest uh, trouble to be the second division side. But um, yeah, you, you can tell that uh, it's obviously not as ideal. Like uh, this is the a good thing about uh, Irish football, that having summer season should help you, uh, you know, go through some rounds. But I, I, I wouldn't put that much behind it. I mean, I, I don't think it would be, it's that much of a problem because most of the times that Slo- Slovak teams played teams that had summer seasons, uh, they went through. I remember another case where Trenchin played Göteborg, who were already in their season and they went through. So um, I don't think it would be that much of a problem. In any case, it wasn't that much of a break. It was only like three or four seasons. Uh, sorry, three or four weeks that the, the season finished. So the there is a really short spring break because there is a quite long winter break. So it's not that important, I think. You said there that uh, Slovan fans don't expect to get past the Swiss club, young boys, but I was looking at the record. They've only reached one European group stage in the last six years, and that was 2019 when they were in the same mm-hmm. Europa League group as Wolves. So, does the club and the fans expect more regular appearances in group stages than that? Definitely, yes. I mean, um, yeah, like they should do it. You know, expectation is that a club of their size should definitely compete in the group stages much more often, much more frequently. However, uh, the fans see that the mismanagement of the club has these effects that you will not be able to qualify that often in normal circumstances you know with stadiums open with fans going which means stronger financial presence a club of slovan size should be uh, playing group stages of european competition more often however in the past 10 years ex- excluding that one season it has been Really, really, really disappointing. Uh, so, yeah, the fans definitely expect more, but the club has failed to deliver yet. And that has to do with ownership, ultimately. They're good enough to win the league quite often. You know, since they moved in their new stadium, they're winning it every year. But it's not uh, good enough to uh, progress in Europe. Uh, the, the management of the club is just, you know, something is missing. Like it's obvious that the, having the owner's son in such a sensitive position where he basically runs everything, it hasn't just worked out for them. So you need a proper, a proper change. He needs to take a step back, let another guy become, uh, you know, a team manager or technical director, and to stop taking uh, decisions. That just don't make sense. I mean, to give you an example, they really should have sold Greif last season. They would have made more money. The player would have left happy. There wouldn't be any problem. They had practically already won the league. Instead, they didn't sell him. They refused him permission to sign a contract. The the player's relationship with the fans broke down. He was disinterested. And if you see... Uh, I mean, he gave an interview ever after the 3-0 defeat in the derby that you mentioned before, and he was like, I don't care about this. I don't. I think we will win the league, but I don't care. Now, you don't expect a professional footballer to say these things on TV, but he did, because he, it, it's an obvious 
reaction to how he was treated by the club. So it's obvious that there are problems in the club. And my last question, you, meant, you mentioned this to me off air. Uh, you've seen Shamrock Rovers live before, so tell us about that. Yes, yes. I mean, um, you know, I am what I would, I would say that I'm a bit of a weird person, given that when I was, uh, you know, younger, let's say 10 years younger, I, was, uh, I knew stuff about the Irish League, the, the Republic of Ireland League, because I was uh, playing with Shamrock Rovers and football manager, right? Obviously, many people, many, many people have, you know, taken a liking to a club because they started playing with it online and so on. So in the 2010-2011 season, or or was it 2011-2012, I can't remember, you will remind me, uh, when you qualified for the first time ever for the group stages, uh, when you beat Partizan away from home, uh, back then I was living in Thessaloniki in Greece because I was studying there, right? And uh, I was watching the draw of the group stages. And when you were drawn with Pauk, I was like, bingo, this is my chance. So I actually went to watch you when you played Pauk away. I had actually even emailed your club asking if it would be possible to get an away ticket, but nobody ever replied. So I didn't really pursue it any longer. And I just took a, uh, took a seat just next to the away fans. And it was behind the goal when Carl Shepard scored his header. I remember it. You know. <laughs> but you lost to one. So, but it was okay. It was a, it was a we good experience. We played well, actually. Yeah, we, that was an equalizer we scored. It was, it was actually quite a decent game. I remember Thompson, the goalkeeper from Jamaica, I believe. I remember Ender Stevens. He was still with, uh, with, with Rovers, I think, before he, he moved to England. I remember Shepard scoring. I also remember, um, uh, who else? Was it Kavanagh on the wing? I think Paddy Kavanagh, or am I mistaking myself? But, he, did, uh, he did play for us that season, but I don't know if he played in that game now. But. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been 10 years now. But so there you go. I've actually seen Rovers live once. In, uh, you failed to get a point, but at least you scored. And that was, that was quite nice. It's quite the coincidence, isn't it? That's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't think you will find any other Greeks that could name more than five rover, more than one rover player back then, you know. And it just happened that uh, I had taken a liking to your club because of football manager. And I was really happy that I was able to watch you live. Montanas, thanks for your time. It's insightful and educational. Thanks a million. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me, Connie. So yeah, Thanos officially he's he's a uh, he's cut from the same cloth as me. A connoisseur of football, as I like to call myself. Prof. He he managed Rovers and Championship manager. So that's his connection <laughs> with us. Yeah, actually, he was there and saw Shep's header in Greece. Brilliant, isn't it? That yeah. was a brilliant interview. Fair play. That was Quite class. the coincidence, but um, yeah. So check him out, Slovak underscore football, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's uh, any info you need. He's your man on Slovak football. Thanos, care. Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Just, just glad he didn't snap his fingers. <laughs> I am inevitable. So next, Prof, we are up with starting 11s and predictions. Right, I'm ready. I'm ready, Prof. I'm ready. Jim Conroy, your favourite part of the show. We're going Alamanis, we're going Pico, Hart and Scales, or Scales, Hart, Pico. Green are staying left wing back, prof. Ooh. Green are staying there, I thought he was excellent. 
I think he could give he could do a lot of damage there. And defensively, Green is brilliant. He has everything in his game, bar being a, a clinical finisher. Like he has it. He can defend. He's tenacious. He's got attitude. He's he's got it all, bar being able to finish clinically, which is tough in itself, right? So I'm keeping him there. I'm going Finn right wing back. Gannon's gone. He up back to fucking Rings End there. He's in Rings End now for the next while. Till he ups the game. That's how I feel about him at the minute. I just don't think he's doing enough. Um, Centre of the park. I was going to go... I'm going to persist. I'm going to persist with this. And I'm, I'm going to put the players who I think have been causing a bit of damage recently. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill in the middle with Richie Tell. Do you have Finn right wing back? Yeah? Finn is right wing back. Right. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill in the middle with Richie Tell. I was going to go all out, bean blowing, super duper attacking, but I don't think we can justify doing that. I was going to put Watts instead of Gary O'Neill. So I was going to go Watts and Tell, Mandrew, Burke and Gaffney, which is just far too much going on there. Don't think we can afford to do that. So I'm going to put Gary O'Neill in the middle with Richie Tell. Richie Tell is a number eight box to box Getting in there, scoring goals, putting tackles in, changing how we play. Richie Tell, no pressure, mate. No pressure at all. Bork, Mandrew, Gaffney. So Manus, Pico Horscales, three centre halves. Left wing back green or right wing back Finn. Gary O'Neill, Tell in the middle of the park. Bork, Mandrew, Gaffney up top. You've got Watts on the bench. You've got hopefully Joey. Who else have you got on the bench, Bradford? Dropping a couple of players here. Gannon. Yeah, Pavo like hopefully start kicking balls we're hearing that Joey could make the squad on Friday so uh, not a moment too soon because we've had one clean sheet in nine games yeah it's it's and simple like it's one clean sheet in nine games does not win leagues doesn't doesn't profit you right give us your team and my prediction <sighs> <sighs> 3-1 Richie Tell just to do everything no pressure pal <laughs> yeah same team for me uh, just so I'm really Really excited about Richie Tell. <laughs> just I, every, anyone who's watched him in the league, if we're getting any sort of, if we're getting even sixty-seven mm. percent of that player back, plant emoji. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm so excited about Richie Tell coming back into this team. I'm gonna go same team and a two-nil win. Man the match performance by Richie Tell. Get in, Richie. Sets up both goals. Whoa. I don't know who's gonna score them. Someone, but he'll set them up. Gaffney to get the shooting boots on, prof. Mm. How about that? Yeah, um, Tad, not quite the fortress these days. Is it Gareth? Four games without a home win. Waterford on May 3rd. That was our last we'll call it home a blip. win. A blip. How about mm-hmm. that? Sligo away between the two European matches postponed. Just Thank fuck for that. I know. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I did not fancy that one at all. No. Not at all. But, Prof, I'm going to say it. And I said it last week. I'm going to put a question mark in front of it, though. Just to save myself. Must win game. It's a it's a mad thing to say at this stage of the season, but is it a must-win game? It's the 19th game of the season. Like I said, we haven't won in four home games. We've won in two and eight. We are joint top by virtue of three goals less scored. Given that we're joint top, it's not really a must-win game. No, no. But we, we, need to, we need to start kicking on. We need to get out of this little slump or blip or whatever you want to call it. We need to get out of it. If we were to play well and win here and Tell plays well, like that's that's a real kick on from that moment. Big time, yeah. And then a, a little a little uh, little boost for the team. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's the way it goes anyway, but we won't we won't go down the, the must win game route <coughs> yeah. 
prof. It's it's a bit it's a bit much, but he's been given the number seventeen. Short prof and uh, my favorite number. Your favorite number? Why it tell is, me that? Yeah. Who's who's? I don't know who where they go back to. I don't know where that came from, but it just always has been. Uh, Taylor War seventeen at Dundalk and Salford, and it was it was vacant at Rovers since Daniel Lafferty wore it. Oh, it was available b- before. It's all falling into place, prof. Before him, it was uh, Joel Custron and Simon Madden. So all him. falling into place. Looking good, prof. Looking good. My favorite number, possibly. I think it was always eight. Um, I always like to wear four as well. Slow band prediction, prof. Oh fuck, this is tough. This is a tough one. How do we predict this? We no. don't know what they're like at all. Great, great insight by Thanos. Really, really good. He gave all. He gave us all the lowdown. Love the way he spoke about it. They're in turmoil at the minute over there, right? Do you know what I'm gonna say? One all over there. Mm. Fucking away goals don't matter to me, right? Nari, that would be. A great results now it's just yeah. it's the same as nil I'm going to say one all over there mm. hope they lose that Brazilian actually yeah yeah. hopefully like, I think he's, he's been involved in pre-season so but they're still in pre-season yeah. you know what I mean they're not they're, they could be rusty you know uh, question for you if we signed Anthony Stokes as well as Richard Sewell do we suddenly have an ageing squad this was uh, put to me last week by a certain other fan from a different club and it's our average age is what 28 here's the ages of our team that started against Drada 39 33 31 31 29 29 27 27 26 22 22 do we look into that average age is 29 average age of Brad's first ever game was 26 but granted he didn't sign any of those players do do you look into that now? Fucking Al is pushing that way up, but is that something you mm. look into? I don't know. I don't know. It is. It's a great show, though. But a best a better comparison would be probably mid twenty eighteen, when you know Tomer is out of the team, Gavin Mazuna comes in, Brandon Cavanagh was kind of on the fringes, playing mm. a bit, wasn't he? I think he was starting a few games yeah. then. I said that average age was. Was, was a good bit less than that yeah I don't know it's it's something that it's an interesting stat I wouldn't ha- put too much weight in it but still it it is an age you, you, we are pretty much an aging squad like, we, you could say mm-hmm. that uh, season ticket holders prof they will get in half of them for the Dundalk game along with the members so it's the Harps crowd mm-hmm. again and uh, looking forward to it absolutely buzzing to be back in loving the live football it really is just makes your week so looking forward to getting back in again and the club emailed out this in conjunction with Slovak TV we expect to have a pay-per-view stream available for Rovers fans to watch the away leg over your for Champions League first qualifying round the game against Slovak champion Slovak Bratislava takes place next Wednesday July 7th with a half five kickoff Irish time once confirmed the details will be emailed to everybody on our database and will be posted on our digital media platforms so keep an eye out on other platforms for that it's actually Robert's first ever meeting with the Slovak opposition Uh, I think Thanos mentioned the other meetings they beat UCD uh, Dundalk his club uh, Spartak they beat Stoiga on the Champions League Slovan also beat Pats in 1996 UEFA Cup so the best we've ever done is is a draw against Slovakian opposition League of Ireland teams we've been no, we should be doing now. We should be looking at. We are. We be all fully booked now. Combination to be booked. 
Mm-hmm. We'd be going in. We'd be, I'd be I'd be looking at right the days off I have. I'd mm-hmm. probably we'd be looking at when we're going. So we would have gone into the Tuesday. So we would have stayed the Tuesday night. Would have stayed the Wednesday night, and then we would have flew home. And we'd be looking at all the bars. We'd be ringing them up and emailing them, trying to get deals, trying to get cheap drink. Oh, it's fucking brutal, isn't it? Like I, like I keep saying, roll on 2022. Roll on 2022. Because Europe this year is a write-off. It's a write-off, unfortunately. Well, the club shop will also be open for the game, Prof, on Friday. So, uh, get you... Go on, go on, give us it. Get you to a phone case. <laughs> get you to a Tala D24 metal sign. I saw those today. Very, very yeah. cool. Very, very cool. Get you to a polo <laughs> Get your Apollo tops. And finally, I'm after losing my gram on the page now. And finally, get your quarter zip tops. Quarter zip tops. That's the gizzards for this week on the prof. Um, the podcast, right, prof? The podcast. The podcast will be back on Friday morning, July 9th, after our our way win. Fuck it. 2 1 win. Don't be minding one all draws. 2 1 win. No way goes. Um, and uh, and the account of the Champions League game being played the Wednesday night so we would usually record then so we'll be back with a special European edition of the Tifties Hotline and we won't see you in Bratislava unfortunately it was an absolute disaster so keep an eye on social media we will let you know what we were doing as a Tifties gang and where we're watching the match how we're going to organise it and keep in touch keep online keep watching us tell us on Eastan Instagram Eastan Pod on Twitter Royley Parsons on Facebook and that is it for this week. Keep on hoping. See ya. Jedu takhle tábořit, škodou stona oravu, spěchám proto riskuji, projíždím přes moravu, řádí tamto strašidlo, vystupuje z vážin, šere hlavně pražáky, jmenuje se Jožin. Jožin z vážin, močálem se plíží, Jožin z vážin, k vesnici se blíží, Jožin z vážin, už si zuby brousí, Jožin z vážin, kouše sa jerdousí, na Jožina z vážin, koho by to napadlo, platí jen a pouze práškovací letadlo. Projížděl jsem dědinou, cestou na Vizovice, přivítal mě předseda, řek mi u Slívovice, živého či mrtvého, Jožina kdo přivede, tomu já dám za ženu, dceru a půl jezede. Jožin z Bážin, močálem se blíží, Jožin z Bážin, k vesnici se blíží, Jožin z Bážin, už si zuby brousí, Jožin z Bážin, kouše za jerdou.